Hello and welcome to Progressive Perspectives. My name is H.J. Dunmore. So this is a continuation of a conversation that we had regarding the aura. And I'm here with Karishma Joshi, who is a Reiki healer, aura healer, and actually the person that's gotten me to a greater understanding of chakras, understanding of the aura system, understanding of just how this operates on our spiritual level. So Karishma, thank you again for taking out the time to have a discussion with us today and, and enlighten us to some of the greater levels of aura and healing and things of that nature. Thank you, Jay, for having a conversation with me about it. Definitely. You know, the conversation we were talking about last time, we were talking about the chakra system and, you know, we gave folks a brief overview of what those things entail. And the thing is, in this conversation, diving a little bit deeper. Now, the thing is, you went to school for this. You, you have master degree levels of understanding and the learning of this stuff. So people that would expect to learn everything about it in one session or even a series of podcasts, it's not enough. It's something that from what I've learned and what I'm learning from our conversations is there's a process of learning it and then there's a process of applying it and there's a process of it actually beginning to grow inside of you. So the thing is with, you know, with the aura, we, we talked about it and how it's like a, a halo or energy field or similar to the images that we see that are inspired by the Bible, where you see the disciples and you see folks with discs behind their head that represents the corona or represents the sun. And basically that corona is like an energy field. It's like a network for energy. And what we're talking about is the fact that it can be a transmitter or receiver. So our energy field, the energy that exists inside of us and not necessarily electricity energy, but the energy as far as our spirit, we can be a transmitter or receiver of energy. And when we were talking about that, that was something that really, it confirmed some of the things that I knew, but also at the same time, I was thinking a little bit deeper on it. And, you know, the whole idea of being able to transmit and receive energy there are people that on a daily basis are transmitting and receiving energy and they don't know anything about it. It's kind of like the cell phone. You look at the cell phone, you can see sometimes there's data being downloaded and uploaded, but you're not even really using the phone. And those things are kind of happening in the background. So it's like, wow, if there's all of this is taking place inside of our body and sometimes we don't even recognize it, or there are people that don't recognize that that's taking place, then it's really important to kind of dive into a greater understanding of that. When we were talking before, we were talking about the aura and the three types of bodies, you know, the emotional, the celestial, and the physical body. And that whole idea of the different parts of the body and the different auras, there's different levels to this. So just to kind of recap, as far as the chakra, I mean, we talked about obviously more in depth before, but just kind of building back up to the conversation that we'll continue on, just like a brief overview of what the chakra system and how that relates to the aura. So aura are the energy fields around the body and chakras translates to wheel in English. And basically what chakra is a powerhouse of energy at different parts of the body. So chakras are basically powerhouse of energy in our body. There are multiple, multiple chakras, more than hundred, but what we focus on are the seven main chakras, which govern our bodily functions on a daily basis. So, when we feel stressed or where we feel stressed, usually usually should question why we feel stressed. So these chakras have energy flowing in and out of them, in and out of them the whole time we are living, breathing, sleeping, moving. And it's 
the same as how you mentioned before that when we're using the phone, we don't even know the information is being downloaded and uploaded and so how everything is connected. We understand that there's, you know, the seven chakras and that's what everyone knows about is the seven, but you said that there are many, many more than that. That's something that I didn't know. I mean, obviously within a system, you know, there's, there's subsets of systems. So there's, you know, the, the, the first through the seventh chakra, but then you're saying that there's different parts that's even deeper than that. So within one, one chakra is there, so within that root chakra, what would you call the, the different systems that are under that root chakra? Cause you said there are many more than, than seven. There are chakras in our palms and our fingers and many various areas in our legs. And, and they aren't as big as the basic and most working seven chakras, but they're situated and they have uh, different bodily functions. We often don't talk about it because they handle all other small functions in our body, which connect us to nature, universe, and such things. They handle the bodily function, the emotional function, and the spiritual function. What happens to our body, to our spirit, to our mind is correlated with these seven chakras. The first one is called the root chakra, which is also called Muladhara chakra in Sanskrit. So before I get into that, I just um, want to mention that what chakra healing basically is, it's a process of aiming at influencing how energy moves to our body and to our chakras. So wheels move and they have appropriate direction, they have appropriate speed, intensity, and frequency of energy which they move with. Chakras could be over uh, active and underactive. There are chakras, they could be open for some people and some of them could be closed for some people. So for example, if the root chakra is open, and the solar plexus chakra is closed. That's not a good thing as well because just because it's open doesn't mean it's in the balanced state that it should be. It could be moving really fast or it could be really overactive and it could be just moving into the wrong direction, the counterclockwise direction, which creates other problems as well. This when you when you said as far as wheels spinning, if you're riding a bicycle, there's different speeds depending upon the acceleration. So that's what I'm thinking about as, a, as just a visual that kind of illustrates that whole process of the wheels with the, the chakra. And you said as far as the, um, the wheel spinning, that some will spin in one direction, you have clockwise, but also at the same time, chakra spinning in the opposite direction. Some of the things that you're, you're sharing now, I'm becoming a student once again. So with regard to the wheel spinning. Um, so, as, so we'll take the example of a car moving. Four tires of the car as four chakras. If they're all moving in opposite directions, so the front two are moving clockwise and the back two are moving anti-clockwise, the car is not going to move and it's just going to create a chaos there. So just like that, and if in our body, all the chakras are not moving in a balanced state in the same speed or in the same direction, which is clockwise, then it's just going to create chaos and health issues, mental issues, spiritual problems, not being connected to oneself and God, universe, as people believe, what, what people believe in. What happens when all these chakras uh, move in uh, different intensities and directions is uh, depends on uh, each chakra. So every chakra plays a different role in the body 
and mind and spirit and would create different um, consequences if it's not balanced. With the balance, um, you also mentioned about chakras open or closed. That's what I'm curious about because they're open and versus closed. There are times when young children, they are able to see things and imaginary friends sometimes, or they'll see colors and they see, I see rainbows. And the parents, if they're not attuned to the fact that the child is operating in that intuition, they kind of suppress it. They don't allow the child to begin to really flow in that. But as far as that, that whole process of, of seeing, I, my thought is that a child has all of those chakras open and the wheels are turning, but different things in life, if it's not nurtured, then sometimes the brakes are put on it. And sometimes the, the opening to it begins to kind of clog that the spiritual energy that fuels the movement of the chakra wheel kind of holds back. That's what, that's my thought there. But tell me if when the chakra is open, is it open from birth or is it something that opens up over periods of life? How does that periods of time in life, how does that work? You're completely right. It's open from the birth um, of a child. It's, it's, it's like everyone has this block of clay, which is perfect. And all of them are in perfect dimension, size, weight, and how we mold it. It becomes the consequence or the outcome of it. So, for, for example, we, we talked about um, a bit about intuition. It's so important to let children imagine and later in life define their third eye chakra. And if it's completely open or blocked or closed, some parents would tell children that not to wander around in thoughts too much or control their thoughts. That would block the third eye chakra as the child is growing up. And one more example would that be traumas and emotional unhealed traumas that we might experience as children and that we don't really understand what's going on at that time and so we block certain things out and the chakra is closed because of that definitely and that's that's what i that's what i was thinking you know with um with my children i i was very very careful as far as what i encourage and what i discourage when they're at those formative years specifically up to about the age of eight years old you know, and as far as with children, I mean, it, it's the things that they that they see. You know, I remember in church, what I would um, what I would hear some of the ministers would say is that when a child is first born, they've just come from that source. As far as being downloaded over that period of time to the mother's womb, that their energy has come back from that original source. It's refreshed. It's new. So, as far as the ability for children to see, obviously, there's a period of time for those first couple of months or first month or so as the eyes are beginning to form naturally to be able to focus on objects, some children begin to operate in those intuition gifts. Obviously you see sometimes a person will pick up a baby and the baby will cry. There's something that is irritating that child. And I believe it's that those different energy fields that they're beginning to operate in even at that age. You know, there's sometimes a person will pick up a baby, the baby will smile. Some may say that it's because of the muscles and such like that. In many cases that's so, but the babies and toddlers you know, and, and up to those, those ages throughout the formative years, they're beginning to operate in those things. And that's why with my children, if they see things, you know, I, I, I evaluate it. And I'm thankful that I, I was in an, in a family environment that encouraged the creativity and the imagination. That's the biggest thing is the imagination, allowing them to imagine. And also at the same time to realize that sometimes what we're imagining, it's inspired by something else. And many times it's that spiritual realm that 
we're diving into or we're beginning to flow in towards that realm. And it's something that has to be supported. Otherwise, what happens is like what we're going to talk about, what we are talking about is later on in life, they have to kind of do some maintenance and kind to readjusting and beginning to clear out those areas of the life. It's like doing a cleaning in the certain areas of the different chakras. So, I mean, obviously the chakras, all the wheels turning in, a cor in, in that correct motion is for a, a well-operating chakra system. My, my thought is as far as the, the chakra system, can they work independently or is it if one is not working at its optimal level, then the other ones begin to suffer as well? I guess, is there like an interdependence between the chakras or is it a mix of independence and interdependence? I believe they are connected. So if the chakra is not working properly, then, then basically the person feels that they're not, they don't belong here. They have um, identity issues and that will impact all other chakras. And if one chakra is closed, It'll seek energy from other chakras, will, which will cause other chakras to slow down or get blocked. I, I wanted to add to what we were talking about before, uh, about children and chakras. So what I personally believe is that a child is going to come into the world and the mother has unhealed emotional trauma, which may cause chakras to close, block, or be overactive, underactive and if they're not healed or balanced then it impacts the child and how the child would be as they as he or she grows up which also comes into play with having generational intergenerational emotional unhealed trauma so sometimes what children how children handle things and how their spiritual being works also depends on their parents because the aura was coincided with each other for a very long period of time. Yeah, as far as the interconnection with the, the aura of the parent, and I'm thinking specifically with the mother, how that process, yeah. the, the, the process obviously that the, the mother has a specific aura and that aura is intertwined because they're both feeding off of the same sources and also the spiritual energy you know, that as well, that's why, you know, they specifically with those, um, with, with certain periods of those trimesters, that child is absorbing the experience of the mother. So if the mother's happy, then you're beginning to have those type of vibrations that's absorbed by the child. And that, but the whole idea of just the, the shock, I mean, the, the aura system and how, you know, I remember when, um, one of my daughters was soon to be born, my wife wasn't able to sing. It was like when she would try to sing, it was like as if she did not have any singing ability as well. My wife, she can sing. But it was to the point where she wasn't able to because that part of her was not able to operate effectively. And we knew that the reason why that was the case was, okay, we have a daughter that's going to wind up singing. And my daughter can sing really well. She's very talented musically. And it's to the point where I think sometimes when auras intertwine or when you have auras of similar energies, it's to the point where how those things interconnect and that the whole intertwining of auras, that gets into another thing that I talk to people about sometimes is just how we look at movies and how you have vampires in movies. But in real life, we have vampires as well, but they don't bite people in the neck and, and consume blood. They consume people's energy. And it's to the point as far as the aura fields and just the different chakras, some people 
they're, they have energy that they're losing that's being taken away from them and they don't know it. And not saying that it always happens and it's a bad thing, but I'm thinking about as far as with, um, with the example from my daughter, there was a certain energy, you know, as far as within that. And I think about the throat chakra, for example, that's with um, communication. And, you know, with, with that whole process of that, that's something where I believe that when you have intertwining energies, it can obviously empower where multiple people in numbers, that energy can rise, but also at the same time, it can also detract, it can take away from a person's energy. And that's something that just, you know, this came to mind when we were talking, as far as just words intertwining, it's so important that when a person is, or when a woman has those periods of the trimesters leading to childbirth, it's so important as far as the energy as well, because there may be parts of energy that's being transferred to that child, but also at the same time, you know, whatever you are absorbing naturally and spiritually, those things are transferred. So I think so when you said that, it just kind of came to mind. I was like, wow, that's something I really wanted to just, just touch on without a doubt. You know, as far as the understanding of this, if I were to kind of sum the things we've been talking about so far, we've been talking about the fact that we have a field of energy around our body, which is the aura. And that aura is like an energy skin. It protects us and it basically, it, it keeps this energy system within. There's seven layers of this. And we've begun the discussion on it, talking about the fact that there are chakras and inside of those chakra systems, there are different systems that are connected to different points of the body. And within that, what's really important to understand is that there are things that we must do in order to continue to elevate our vibration, to make sure that those wheels are turning correctly and to make sure that they're all turning in the correct direction. Because our life is like a vehicle and the vehicle is obviously what we drive along our path of purpose. And in order to better understand what type of vehicle we have, and that gets into the whole idea of intuition and we'll have more conversations about that kind of stuff, but in understanding your different gifts, the different things that you're equipped with that makes you unique as to who you are spiritually. So Karishma, I want to thank you for this rich information. This is the second part of our, our podcast series. We just encourage you to, one, know yourself and know that the thing is there is sometimes there's things that you may see, there's things that you may feel, there's things that you may operate in, and it may not make sense to other people, but it feels right within you. And there's a process that we have to make sure that we balance those things out. And we're going to talk about those type of things, but we just encourage you that as you're continuing to understand yourself better on a spiritual level. Understand that there is indeed a transmitting and a receiving. And the first thing to do before even diving into the different details of meditation and such like that is just to take out time to escape from the world. Just take out time, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it's 10 minutes. And taking out that time to just kind of to let your spirit talk to you, let your mind talk to you and let it flow in the directions that's necessary. Because then from there, you begin to have that connection with mind, body and spirit because there are three bodies the emotional the celestial and the physical so Karishma thank you again for the time thank you for the rich information and looking forward to doing even more of these with you thank you glad I could help definitely for those of you out there that are listening continue to pursue the path of purpose walk in peace and power thank you for listening